Job ready? Employer says yes. This programme is presented by Eduvate, education and innovation. I'm Jonathan Brill, and in today's show, how your face is being tracked and analysed in a variety of different industries. The 10 best part-time jobs for students as they attend university, and the hard-edged values of a broad education as the relentless march of the pesky robots will take over jobs. At airports, machines scan your face a lot. Facial recognition technology has been traditionally associated with the security sector, but today there's active expansion into other industries, including retail, marketing and health. It's growing, and that means jobs. To gauge the growing impact of artificial intelligence on facial recognition technology across industries, our friends at Tech Emergence research this sector in depth. What types of AI applications are currently in use in the facial recognition technology sector. What tangible results have been reported on AI facial recognition applications that are being implemented across industries? Are there any common trends among these innovation efforts? So, three major categories, security, fraud detection, that sort of thing, healthcare. Machine learning is being combined with computer vision to more accurately track patient medication consumption and support pain management procedures, marketing. Now that's fraught with ethical considerations, but marketing is a burgeoning domain of facial recognition innovation. And it's one we can expect to see more of as facial recognition becomes ubiquitous. Security applications. Let's have a look at fraud detection. Cameras can be tricked. Sometimes facial recognition technology may not be able to distinguish between a human face and a photograph. As a result, this flaw can greatly compromise security efforts. So work is being undertaken here and in other areas to look at gender, to look at age, ethnicity detection and so on. Could you prevent shoplifting with a bit of facial recognition technology. Well, Walmart tried it and, yeah, it didn't work terribly well. In some of its stores, they made an effort to identify shoplifters, but, yeah, subsequently ended its use and it publicly acknowledged that the tests had claimed that the technology didn't really provide an adequate return on their investment. So how about Saks Fifth Avenue facial recognition controversy, I'm afraid here. They tried to get a hold of people's faces in their Toronto location. But all sorts of punters, all sorts of customers had a look at this and said, do you know, I don't fancy that. And one consumer survey revealed that 71% of millennials were uncomfortable with the idea of facial recognition technology being used where they shop. So MasterCard have had an idea. Everyone accepts that passwords have become burdensome. They are a pest trying to remember that 
flaming password. So MasterCard is one of the financial institutions looking to circumvent the need for passwords through, yeah, you've got it, facial recognition. Results from a consumer survey distributed to 750 app users revealed that 92% found that that facial recognition app was a more convenient than passwords. And the Bank of America is reportedly piloting a mobile banking app that processes user logins by scanning their eye. In healthcare, do you know what a big problem is? Medication adherence. Medication non-adherence or non-compliance occurs when a patient fails to take the medication, take the pills, as prescribed by his or her physician. And so they're trying to use facial recognition to improve these practices. The algorithm-driven software is delivered through an app and claims to be accessed on any mobile device. Do you know when things are pretty sore? That's known as pain management and an estimated 100 million people in the US suffer from chronic pain. The idea here is that facial recognition software will monitor how sore it is, how much in pain the patient is and transmit that information to the controlling authorities. In marketing, well, applications of facial recognition technology in the marketing sector can of course potentially support efforts to improve customer loyalty, but the technology has encountered challenges in appealing to customers because of privacy concerns. So, all in all, security is still considered the most prominent industry applying this technology. One reason for this trend is the importance of customer security across so many industries. We expect to see the continued implementation of facial recognition technology across industries with marketing and healthcare leading the race when it comes to innovation efforts. And more good news, this is about expansion of jobs, not job losses. There is a strong demand for part-time jobs for students, particularly when fees are high. But even when no fees are payable, students need to earn money. So according to the company CV Library, here are the top 10 jobs for students as they study. In 10th place, and I confess a bias here, is telemarketing and sales. At a reported £8.82 per hour, it's tough and can be brutal. But generally, students and interns who have applied to my company for jobs have a more grounded view of the world of work if they have done this type of sales activity. In ninth position is admin, administration. You know this sort of thing. The advert would read, advanced Microsoft skills, good standard of education. It's a nice kind of back office sort of environment. Expect about £9 an hour. In eighth place, this is interesting, a social care worker. You need to be caring and compassionate, but there are few other formal requirements. This is interestingly what the singer in my band did at university and has continued with after she has graduated. In seventh place, transport and logistics, or in my day we called it a warehouse person. Driving jobs for students in this area, particularly in heavy goods vehicles, are rare. So it's about moving stuff, lifting stuff, sorting stuff, often over £9 an hour, but there could also be a subsidised canteen. 
in sixth place, healthcare mainly, but not exclusively, related to medical students and nurses. It's possible to secure work in this area in a healthcare environment, particularly if along the way you've picked up a cheeky little qualification in healthcare or something. That's what they're looking for. In fifth place, customer service, what are they looking for? Mm, People who are polite and helpful. This kind of work can be phone-based or customer-facing. And let's face it, with customers today, you're going to need patience and a thick skin. But it's over 10 quid an hour, so it may well be worth doing in your part-time. In fourth place, it's education. I know you're studying in education, but how about tutoring others in a musical instrument or in a language which is foreign to them or in, in maths? Positions are flexible. Timing can suit you. Don't bother applying to those which require qualified teacher status or equivalent, but other people tutoring, you can earn over £11 an hour. In third place, it's marketing. Now, this is often, in terms of students, it's distributing leaflets or distributing newspapers. Or, if you're talented, a bit of design work. But it's often best to think of this as an intern for the second or third year of your marketing course, but potentially well over £11 an hour. In second place, it's finance. It's finance in terms of admin clerks and accounts assistants. For those who have patience, perhaps picked up a bit of experience along the way in the family business or whatever, £12.50 an hour you can get for this, but what will be interesting to see as artificial intelligence begins to dominate this sector is what the impact on this kind of job will be. And in first place, and the best paid of all, I'm not surprised, but some of you may be, construction. At £13.50 an hour, flexible shifts, painting, decorating, roofing, bricklaying... Hefty competition, and of course male-dominated, but it does keep you fit. Basic level of training and health and safety knowledge applicable. So there's a few ideas. It's possible to keep everybody happy by earning a few quid while you're at education, but it's always a fine balance between enjoying yourself and working your way through. I know what your parents will want. Good luck. What follows is an impassioned plea about liberal arts education. Now, that's a term widely used in the US, less so in the UK. But the argument is relevant in the UK too. It's the one that goes, why study sociology or philosophy or English? Because it doesn't lead to a job, waste of time, taxpayers' money, you know, all this stuff. But listen on. This is what they're saying. Today we spend our most formative years in school and college, learning about the world and how to function in it. In the modern world, which is continually becoming more globalised, it's more important than ever to be able to think critically, analytically, about all aspects of our world, from politics to economics to the arts and, of course, to science and technology. A well-rounded liberal arts education can provide this to its students. Listen to Willard Dix, who's a college administration expert and contributor to Forbes. A liberal arts education provides a multifaceted view of the world. It enables students to see beyond one perspective 
encouraging them to understand others, even if they don't agree. It instructs us to base our opinions on reason, not emotion. And at a time of increasing polarisation, dialogue and understanding are invaluable qualities, even for disciplines that are thought to be exclusively fact-based, such as STEM. This can greatly benefit from a liberal arts focus. Critical thinking skills are what allows individuals in this area to analyse and make meaning from the new information and move fluidly through society and eventually jobs and careers. A case in point, apparently, is the current president of Miami University, Gregory Crawford, who went to school to study physics and now is an education senior administrator, advocates an educational system that is multifaceted. This is what he says. There are extraordinary skill sets to learn from the liberal arts, like communication, analytical skills, writing, global awareness. Can you tell a story, create a narrative in a world of just data and analytics? When students are exposed to the liberal arts, they become more self-aware, more self-disciplined, and develop other virtues like empathy and courage. A liberal arts focus not only can prepare students for the job market, but also life after college in general. Speaking of the job market, education is about to become even more of a requirement thanks to the steady rise of automation. Experts predict that developed countries may lose a staggering 30% of jobs in the next 15 years. Much of this job loss, not all of it, will impact blue-collar workers. And a study from the National Bureau of Economic Research says that each robot that makes its way into the workforce replaces six humans. So as the years progress, industries that used to be home to extremely well-paid blue-collar positions will increasingly become a thing of the past. However... Individuals that have an understanding of a broad spectrum of fields will largely be able to protect themselves from the impact of automation as they will be able to seamlessly, or at least more seamlessly, move between industries. This adaptability is precisely what a liberal arts education at its best provides. You'll find us online at eduvate.biz. Job ready. Employer says yes. Yes.